One of the most challenging things about living as a Central European in Pakistan was monsoon season. And what monsoon season is, it's a period somewhere in the ballpark of June to September that occurs in a lot of Asian countries where you will get a lot of hot dryness and then a sudden shift towards torrential downpours, a lot of rain. And it's specifically challenging for people with my genetic background because the Slavs, the people who come from Central slash Eastern Europe, have a tendency towards barometric pressure migraines. So whenever there's a quick change in temperature or in rain, uh, we tend to get headaches, we tend to get sluggish, we tend to have a fair amount of mind fog, and the bigger that change is, the more sluggish we get. Now my ancestors, the Slavic people whose genetic programming courses through my veins, they never had to deal with monsoon season because the weather in this part of the world has always been fairly temperate. It's, uh, there wouldn't be any big shifts. All changes would be very gradual. So my body was unprepared to deal with monsoon season. And a lot of my memories from my time in Pakistan when I was a kid were literally of just like two days of heavy, heavy pain, heavy migraines, heavy exhaustion, because my body just didn't know what to do about the coming rain. But then, I would always remember lying in my bed in a lot of pain, and I would hear thunder and rain, and within 30 seconds, that pain that had been plaguing me for a good two days suddenly disappeared. And it was in those moments that the absence of that pain legitimately felt like pleasure. The return back to normal felt like a reward of some sorts, uh, because it made me appreciate how life feels without a headache. But I bring this up because the past couple of days have been very sluggish for the country. I would say about, yeah, five-ish days we've had uh, big shifts in the weather. And you can, you can feel it on the street here. People are more grumpy. People are more tired. People have more head fog. People just generally have a much shorter fuse. So the country is not in the greatest mood right now. Uh, you know, not to mention the fact that we have one of the highest mortalities when it comes to COVID in the world and that our vaccination plans are not going very smoothly. But yeah, it's been a challenging couple of days. It's been difficult to find energy to write, to read, to exercise, to eat stuff that isn't actively horrible for my body. But over these past couple of challenging days uh, and over the challenging days that came over the past year and before that, I keep on finding myself thinking about a phrase I heard on a podcast like six years ago. And that phrase keeps on burning bright in my mind like a giant neon sign. And that phrase is third gear sexy. I'll talk about that today. Hi, my name is Mike Jesus Langer. I am a short story writer on the internet. And this is Broadcast from Prague 13, a podcast about writing and sometimes other things. So the first and only time, I guess, that I've heard the phrase third gear sexy was on the podcast Where There's Smoke, um, episode 18. If you want to check it out, I'll link it in the description. Uh, but it was a self-improvement podcast that I would listen to as I passed out. And I was literally on, on the edge of like losing my consciousness uh, as I was listening to this. But the phrase just kind of cut through my head because it was exactly what I needed to hear at that specific moment. And uh, it's a phrase coined by author Bassam Tarazi, and it's meant to be used in reference to people trying to achieve things. 
And what Bassam says is that people get really excited uh, when you are starting and when you succeed. And he uses the metaphor of a car to explain this concept. He says that people get real excited when you get your car and then, you know, you really want to snap that picture of you driving fast on a highway. But nobody really cares about you taking the car from first gear to fifth gear. That third gear is not sexy. That that quiet work that we have to put in to succeed is not something that we can share the joy of with others because others don't necessarily care. It's not something that is worthy of public celebration. It's something that we have to find the pleasure in ourselves. Now, I don't drive. <laughs> uh, I have never been behind the wheel of a car. I have no idea how gears work. But this idea that people are happy when you start and are happy when you finish, but that the middle ground, the journey towards your goal is something that you personally have to find pleasure in. It's something that you personally have to find pride in. Um, it's something that I really enjoy. I, I really like the idea of kind of hyping yourself up when you are in the trenches, doing that thing that you want to do, kind of working towards that goal. In terms of writing, this has always been you know, putting your knuckles to the keyboard and actually writing the stories. And I think over the past year that I've been writing short stories online, uh, the idea of having to celebrate the regular days, the days when you are working towards your goal and there's nobody kind of cheering you on, uh, is something that I think is immensely important both for, for productivity and for your mental health. And Especially in the age of social media, I think it's immensely important to foster some sort of personal enjoyment of hard work, some sort of sense of pride on showing up every day and doing that thing that you're meant to do. Because anything worth achieving is filled with hard work. I mean, let's say you want to write a story. Or let's get a bit more ambitious. Let's say you want to write a series of stories. Uh, you tell your friends, hopefully they're excited for you, hopefully they wish you good luck, but after that initial burst of outside support, you'll have to be alone. Even though creativity is quite often a collaborative effort, there are moments when it's just you and the thing that you're working on. And I think if you aren't able to find pleasure in putting in work, you're going to lose motivation really, really quickly. Uh, because it's hours upon hours upon hours of being alone. A friend of mine referred to this creative isolation as professional loneliness. And I really like that phrase because that's what it is. I think in terms of writing, uh, being able to be alone with the page without uh, any outside motivation, without any outside approval, and just gritting your teeth and believing that what you are doing has value and that the thing that you're working on will end up being something worthy of your time. Or, even if it doesn't work out, that working on this thing will make you a better writer, that it will polish your skills so that somewhere down the line you can 
make something of value. I think having that guttural feeling that other people's opinions do not matter and that you just, just got to put your head down, just got to keep on working is one of the most important things in the head game of, of being a writer. And this concept of third year sexy uh, for me has, has definitely been a lot stronger this year you know, with the whole pandemic and with all creepy past the thing. It's just been a very, very strange year. Uh, but a way that I have kind of allowed myself or trained myself to be able to take more pride in the work that I do on a daily basis is by blocking out a lot of the outside world. Like, I have been without a newsfeed on my Twitter, on my YouTube, on my Facebook for a really long time. Uh, and I'll occasionally unblock my Twitter and YouTube if I just want to, you know, waste 10-15 minutes uh, browsing around. But I've, I've kept my Facebook locked down pretty tight. Because my Facebook is filled up with my flesh and bone friends. And I know that if I am aware of what they're doing with their lives, if I'm aware of their successes and their marriages and their kids and their promotions and their stable jobs, I start to second guess myself. I, I start to think about like, okay, well, is this writing thing? Like it's, it's, it's a bunch of these thoughts that are not necessary. <laughs> like I know that I care about this enough to, to stick through it, you know, until the end. Uh, I am, as a 20, mind you, I am saying this as a 27-year-old, so my mind might change. But I am immensely confident in what I am doing. I love it. I want to keep on doing it. And I have full faith in the fact that this will be successful enough to, to provide for me. But when I'm aware of other people, I find myself trying to either rush the writing thing or I essentially find myself starting to adjust my expectations for what I want, not based on what I want, but based on, oh, well, how does this compare to other people? Uh, which <laughs> is crazy unhealthy because the stuff that you see out in the public forum, which has now become the internet, the stuff that you see out in the public forum is not an accurate representation of reality. And we know that. But I still think in an unconscious place, you will compare yourself against other people. And people don't really post up their third gear posts. They, they, don't, they don't really talk about, uh, you know what they're doing on a Wednesday afternoon that is that is uh, on a part of the journey to, to their fulfillment and happiness. Because those things do not have the guttural emotional resonance that, ooh, I'm starting a new hobby, or ooh, I got published in this thing. There's a giant middle ground of failure and, and getting better at stuff and learning more about yourself and your workflow and who you are and your priorities that just can't exist in the same mediascape uh, that we consume on a regular basis. So I think one of, the, one of the biggest ways to ensure that your motivation doesn't falter is to 
not compare yourself against other people because you do not have the full information on what their lives actually are. Um, now, for me, that means completely cutting everyone out. I, I still stay in touch with my friends, uh, but my extended friend group, I prefer to stand dark in because... Even, even if it's not a conscious decision, and it's not like I sit here being like, oh, I, fuck, this, this guy's having a kid, fuck him. No, it's, it's more of a, I am aware of this fact, and then in four days, while I am struggling to write a thing, while, you know, I'm doing the writing thing where it's hard, I'll find my mind drifting, and think about other people, and start to compare myself against those other people. Not in a malicious way, but in a personally malicious way, where where I look down upon my own choices. And I feel like this year, 2020, and I guess it's 2021 now, I haven't done that. I haven't done that in a really, really long time, and I am a significantly happier person for it. What I have also found really helpful is to take daily notes on what I have achieved within the day. This originally started off as uh, an exercise journal where I'd be like, okay, well, today I did this many push-ups, this many sit-ups. But it's also ended up being a journal of, I finished editing this, or I have finished writing this story, or, and this has been really, really helpful when I go through a day and I don't get any actual writing done or any actual editing done. But if I spend the day contacting artists, trying to cast narrators and trying to work out deals with bigger YouTube channels. Like that is also a thing that requires a fair amount of focus and time to be given to it in, in order for, uh, for this whole writing career thing to progress. So I've also started taking notes of that, regardless of how small the achievement is for the day, I would always write it down. Sometimes there would be days where I was very, very sluggish and all I managed to do was nail down a bunch of thumbnail artists for for the YouTube videos. But even that was work that had to be done at some point. I I don't think a approach to work where you're draconian with yourself, where you keep on trying to optimize your time on this earth to do as much as is, you know, humanly possible is healthy. It's a natural state to fall into, but I don't think that it is healthy. But what I do think is healthy is being able to pat yourself on the back for even the smallest of steps. And keeping some sort of a journal of the work that you have done for the day also has uh, the added benefit, or the added two-sided benefit, I would say, is first of all, you're able to see that if if something is wrong, if you're able to look back at a journal and you see that for the past week, you have really, really slacked on your work, it makes for an easier space for self-reflection. It allows you to think like, okay, well, is there a reason why this week hasn't been working the way that it should have? And it allows you to kind of look back and figure out if there is something wrong. But also, when you do find yourself in times of low motivation, it's really ego boosting to to go back through the journal and like look look at like a heavy productivity week and be like, oh yeah, this this is the same person that is me has done this 
somewhere inside of me, I have the capacity to be really productive. Let's tap into that and let's work with that. And I think all of this does come from making third gear sexy, from, from appreciating the work that you put in on a personal level that you don't really go out seeking the approval of others and instead you're able to look at what you're doing, know where you're going and know that it is important to feel good about the steps that you are taking in order to reach your final destination. And speaking of destination, I am gonna get off this chair and go run around in a circle for an hour now because it's been a while since I jogged and it's not raining. So I'm gonna go hit the trail. Uh, if you'd be interested in listening to some of my short pulp horror stories, you can find them on Mike Jesus Langer. If uh, you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm Mike J Langer. And if you'd rather read my stories, you can find them on Reddit at r slash MJL Presents. Ooh, and also I have a Facebook group uh, that's Mike Jesus Langer Presents. If you could like that, so everybody uh, in my flesh and bone world thinks I'm cool. <laughs> Anywho, um, hope you're holding up all right out there. Uh, hope your writing's going well. And I hope everybody is safe, sane, and healthy. See you next week.